Welcome to the Chief Endurance Officer Podcast. I'm your host, Greg McDonough. Each week, we hear real-time stories from athletes and CEOs on how to maximize performance through an endurance mindset. Let's get started. Welcome to the Chief Endurance Officer Podcast. I'm your host, Greg McDonough. I am super excited about our guest today. He's an endurance coach, a keynote speaker, consultant, who empowers individuals and groups to reach their goals in business, education, athletics, and in life. He's a two-time author. First book was A Mile at a Time, and then an award-winning book, The Ultra Mindset. Podcast host of The Travis Macy Show. Please welcome Travis Macy. Welcome, Travis. No, thanks, Greg. It's uh, awesome to be here with uh, you in the audience. I appreciate the invitation. Absolutely. Um, And your book arrives in my doorstep tomorrow, so I'm looking forward to getting into that. All right. Um, I hope you like it. I'll let you know for sure. Uh, So on this podcast, we focus on endurance and endurance mindset. And I'd love to know, Travis, can you tell me about how your endurance mindset has impacted your life unexpectedly? Well, that's a good question. I guess the the long answer is is in the book uh, called The Ultra Mindset, which kind of explores this topic uh, in particular. Um, You know, boy, how how has what I've learned as an endurance athlete um, unexpectedly impacted, uh, you know, my life. I, I mean, I feel like a lot of the takeaways are, are sort of expected. Um, but one maybe that's a little bit ironic or surprising is, um, I went through a, a very challenging period of transition where I was grappling with my athletic identity and, and really the you know, the, the gist of the question was sort of, um, who am I if I'm not either standing on the podium or, you know, pursuing the podium as, as an elite athlete does, you know, there's always a big race around the corner. There's always that achievement orientation and that goal of hitting the next podium or the prize money or the, you know, sponsorship, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, you know, and, uh, probably starting about five or six years ago, you know, I kind of realized like, Hey, maybe that's, um, not the phase of life I'm in anymore. Uh, but, but there was a void of like, what is, who, who am I, if not? Um, and it was, it was a really, really, it was a hard period, Greg. Um, but I think the, again, back to your question in that case, unexpectedly, the, um, resilience and the, I would say flexibility, you know, as, as an endurance athlete, especially these, you know, these long dynamic events, you have to be flexible. You know, that the plan is going to go to shit and you're just going to have to figure stuff out. Um, you know, unexpectedly in that process of grappling with my own athlete identity and, and therefore grappling with my, you know, holistic identity, all the parts of myself, um, being an endurance athlete, uh, it, it prepared me for that. You know, it, it, it prepared me to, uh, one of my sayings, I got this from my dad is, is keep the faith, you know, it prepared me to keep the faith in myself. And Hey, even though this is a very hard period right now, believe in yourself and, and you can, and will figure it out. You know, Travis, you really hit on something for me because I'm struggling with that identity as well. In fact, two weeks I'll be racing Ironman Wisconsin. All right. And for the previous seven Ironman races, I've ran or competed with my wife. So we've trained mm. together, we've competed yep. together. 
We've yep. got these bibs that say triathlon parents, like we yeah. met. Oh, cool. <laughs> and uh, I'm going out there alone this time, right? It's mm-hmm. no family, no kids, no yeah. Monique, no. And just yesterday, I'm sitting there going, like, I feel sort of lost. So your your mm. point is really well timely yeah. for me. And I'd love to hear, like, how you did get through or how you, how you are getting through that identity of, Hey, I yeah. used to be X and now I'm going to be Y. Talk to us about sort of the feelings that, that built up and how you got through it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Greg, good, good for you on navigating the waters of uncertainty of, of, uh, you know, that's a, like, here's, it sounds like here's a type of race that you've done before, but maybe it's a different why it's a different process. Um, yeah, that's, that's tough. So, um, you know, something that's fresh on my mind, I actually just finished talking um, with an author named Brad Stolberg, who has a book coming out. It's called Master of Change, uh, How to Excel When Everything is Changing, Including You. And his book is about exactly that. Like, OK, we're we're all, we're all changing. Um, and his. Uh, his advice in the book is that that when we when we navigate these these periods of disruption, and then move back towards a a reordering that when we go for that reordering we're not it doesn't have to be the same right we're not trying to get back to how things were we're 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 seeking a new a new stability uh and and that that, that that's okay so you know again I'm I'm taking someone else's idea here but I really like that idea of like okay instead of trying to get back to where I was or what was the why before being open to, you know, what's a, what's a new one here? What does that look like? You know, okay. If, if this was a, a thing that we did together as a team, like, well, may, maybe it's, what is the new team? Maybe, maybe you found that you enjoy the community and the human connection. Maybe there's new human connection, you know, other people on the course or people you're connected to from afar or the, the podcast audience, right? That's a gr- one reason I love podcasting with myself is because it's like we got this whole team, you know. We're kind of we're we're in this together, you know. I can imagine your listeners—they're probably part of part of your journey. So, um, yeah, re- redefining that that why and just being okay with a new, you know, a new sort of status quo. Um, and and that's another big one. I don't, I don't know. You, you know, you mentioned triathlon parents. I don't know how how old your kids are, but like, hey, talk about another change that we navigate like you know as soon as you think you got parenting figured out a little bit like your kids are older and you're older and, and then at some point you know they're they're out of the house and like boy that's a that's a big change a good thing uh, you know a bad thing probably a bit of both right um, yeah absolutely and in fact my oldest is a high schooler for yep. one week now and that oh wow a yeah huge change yeah right it's yep Anyway, that's a whole other podcast that we could get yeah. into. No, I hear you. Yeah, my minor, both of my kids are in middle school right now for, you know, for the first time. And, and yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm all of a sudden starting to think like, wow, we're, we're kind of closer to the, you know, the uh, high school ending, right? <laughs> than the beginning of it all. <laughs> that's right. So Travis, I'm curious, um, speaking of our children, yeah, uh, how, what, what do they see dad doing? You know, I, my kids probably think, my wife and I are crazy for these long uh-huh. endurance days that we put them through as well. And it's even harder as a spectator than it is as yeah. the athlete, in my opinion. I'm curious, what, how do your kids react or see or like when you're doing these adventure races, what do they 
what's their perspective? I mean, you know, uh, first of all, they're just they're kids first and foremost. And I, I personally, I try. I don't know if I'm always, you know, successful per se, but I I really try to like not push my interests on on my kids. And you know, if they if they gravitate towards these things, or if if we can spend time together, going out on a run or a bike ride, I mean, yeah, that that you know fills my well because because I enjoy it, but I also like. I want to really make sure to support whatever their own interests are or are not. Um, you know, that said, I mean, I, I don't know, like they're, I, I've been an endurance athlete for their entire lives. And, and when they, when they were, my kids are 10 and 12 now, like when they were very young, um, you know, I was racing and competing internationally at a very high level with running and mountain biking and adventure racing. And they, and they got to go on a lot of those trips as, as little kids. Um, you know, and how much of that do they remember or not remember? I, I, I don't really know. You know, they, they got to, they got to go to Fiji. Um, you know, I guess that was about four years ago now. So, so they, they remember that. And that was super cool. That was for a big adventure race that, that I did with, with my dad. So I'm really glad they were able to, you know, do, do that up front. And, you know, they got to meet Bear Grylls, which they thought was pretty neat and stuff. Um, and, and then, uh, you know, overall, I've I've raced less. Uh, you know, just different point in in my life. Also, kid activities. I mean, you, you know, your kids start. You know, it's like Greg. Your kids, especially if they start playing sports and stuff, it's like boom. Here is here's the weekend schedule. You know, where where do my events fit in? And and generally, I feel proud to be at a phase of my life where like I enjoy that and. What do they see? I mean, you know, I think as far as the main benefits, they, they see consistency. They see, you know, health. Like, you know, they like you don't talk about it that much, but like they probably notice every day I go running or biking, and you know, they see me being healthy and fit. They they got to uh, it, it, my wife Amy and my kids came this year to the Leadville 100 bike race and, and crewed for me, and and that was great because you know the Leadville events are super special in our family, and you know it's a good close to home event and the crewing's pretty simple. I just go to one place and it, give me some water bottles and stuff. So, um, so it was, it was, uh, you know, it's great to have them along. Yeah. I mean, it's something special too. When you get to that finish line, the starting line as well, but you get to the finish line and those first few hugs, it's, it's yeah. amazing. So anyone out there who hasn't raced with family, mm-hmm. I would highly encourage it. it. It does make the logistics a little more complicated, yep. especially yeah. with very little kids. Um, yeah. But it's yeah. certainly worth it. I'm a huge fan, just real briefly, of, of kids yeah. watching finish lines of endurance events, you know, even if their parents aren't competing, you know, something like an Ironman or, you know, gosh, a hundred mile running race. Like, man, for kids to watch people finishing that the final hour or whatever before a cutoff, like, boy, talk about a, you know, just kids seeing adults persevering and navigating uncertainty, you know how can that not impact a kid whether or not they ever you know turn out to like running or not themselves you know that's not the point it's just a i think a cool thing to see i completely agree completely agree um travis thinking about the business side of the equation and this endurance mindset where have you seen similarities between your endurance racing and building your business and consulting mm-hmm. um draw those lines together for us uh, well, I mean, one obvious connection is is the 
core of my income is coaching adult endurance athletes. So that, you know, that's been a, a very obvious, just natural <laughs> extension of, of my life as an athlete. And, uh, you know, years ago when I first came out of college, I, I was a high school teacher uh, for seven years. And, and I feel very fortunate that um, I, I've always loved teaching. I love pedagogy. I love thinking about how to teach and how to differentiate instruction. And now to get to do that as a as a coach of athletes, it's, it's like, oh, I get to teach what I really enjoy as well. And that's another reason I like um, podcasting and in writing books as well. So, you know, in some ways I've been able to maybe take, again, that mentality of, you know, you're talking about ultra running or adventure racing, these, these long events where you just kind of have to figure things out and fly by the seat of your pants. That's to a large extent how I've addressed business as well, you know, kind of a step at a time. Uh, oftentimes it's been less of ready, aim, fire and, and more of, you know, fire and then like uh, chase the bullet and try to figure it out. And, you know, some, sometimes that works, sometimes it, it fails. Um, but overall it's, you know, it's worked out fine for, for me again, with, with coaching, with, with, uh, speaking and consulting with the podcasting, um, you know, writing books has been a good extension of it. Um, so yeah, I see a lot of overlap and, and I'm also interested in, you know, that question. Um, sometimes it's simple, you know, let's say someone's going to deliver a keynote or a workshop to say like, oh, here, here's what I learned as an athlete. And, uh, you know, do these same things in your, in your conference room or in your company or whatever. And, um, you know, there's not always a direct overlap. Uh, so I, th so I think it's worth considering like what, what carries over and what doesn't, uh, carry over, you know, some things will, you know, a, a team orientation or, you know, the importance of, of, uh, you know, showing up day after day or, you know, cer certain mindset principles, some of those resonate and others may not. Certainly. Um, I find a lot of parallels between running a small business and doing consulting work for small businesses and endurance racing. And it's amazing yep. to me that at the they both sort of ebb and flow at the same time, right? If I've laser focused on my training and dialed in, I'm also laser focused on business and dialed mm -hmm. in. I'm wondering if you've seen similar with, you know, groups that you've spoke, spoken in front of or consulted with? Yeah, I think so. I, I you know, maybe a, just a key takeaway. I think it, I'm sure it's true for you and me who love endurance sports and like, you know, we probably, we feel bad, right? If we don't get a chance to, you know, to do this stuff. Um, I think, you know, people who've tapped into that, they realize like, Hey, if I, if I am keeping my routine as an athlete, um, it's giving me stability amidst change. Uh, it's, it's given, you know, literally every day it's putting my mood and my outlook and my energy in a much better state, you know, mm -hmm. to, to bring it to the office or to your family or, or whatever. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I, I know for me, one of the best things I can do for my professional productivity and, and just again, for my mood and my presence with, with my family is, is to go outside and exercise first thing in the morning, you know? So that's what I do pretty much every day. Yeah. Very well said. Uh, shifting gears a little bit, Travis, I'd love to hear a little bit more about your books. It's about 
a mile at a time. And then ultimately, let's get into the ultra mindset. Yeah. Um, or maybe I'll shift the order there. So the, the ultra mindset was, yeah, was my first book came out in 2015. You know, the subtitle is uh, an endurance champions, eight core principles for success in business, sports and life. So, you know, kind of these, you know, we're going for this stuff, exactly what we're talking about. Each each of the eight chapters begins with a, uh, you know, hopefully a, a fun and interesting narrative from the world of, of uh Endurance sports, you know, it could be running or biking at the Leadville 100 events, uh, it could be an adventure race, uh, you know, in China or Abu Dhabi or some other place, you know, maybe it's a a training experience or adventure and, and then it leads into, you know, specific mindset principles uh, that I, I think are, you know, these ones I, I chose because I think they're largely applicable uh to our experience as endurance athletes, but hopefully, uh, you know, um, relevant beyond that as well. It could be in the workplace, could could be just in your life in general. It could be in in your role as a as a parent or spouse, uh, etc. Um, and then more recently, um, our book that uh, came out this year in in March uh, is called A Mile at a Time. And um, the subtitle there is uh, A Father and Son's Inspiring Alzheimer's Journey of Love, Adventure, and Hope. Um, and so again, another another nonfiction uh, book. This one is is a bit more, um, uh, whereas The Ultra Mindset is, is somewhat memoir, but also quite prescriptive. Um, a Mile at a Time is, is more of a memoir um, w- with some, you know, kind of light, uh, prescriptive uh, content, but, uh, you know, mostly a, uh, a story, you know, and really the, the, um, the main characters is, is my dad, um, Mace. And, you know, it's about, it's about his life and his journey as, as an athlete and a parent and a professional. And, and then, um, you know, finally, and starting in, in 2018, um, his journey, and, and our journey uh, through um, Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. Um, shifting gears again slightly, Travis, talk to, tell me about you. Like, go as far back as you want to, but how did you end up getting into endurance racing, into podcasting, into public speaking? Like, rewind the clock and let's hear, uh, let's get the audience to know a little bit more about you. Um, yeah, I mean, the endurance racing, you know, honestly, it's kind of something I've grown up around to to a large extent uh you know my dad he did the iron man uh in in 1986 so i would have been um three at the time and we um my dad and i actually got to interview mark allen on our podcast uh and and so dad and mark allen both did the iron man in 86 and i can't read that was one of mark allen's early attempts i I think uh mark I think he won the first time in 89 or something. Um, so anyway, just kind of setting the, here's the time, time span. And and then, yeah, a couple of years later in 1988, my dad did the Leadville 100 run for the first time. So I was a, you know, five-year-old kid standing out there in the cold at Leadville at 4 a.m., you know, watching this old cowboy King Kluber shoot the gun off. And I, I, I mean, I'm kind of laughing because actually I took my, my kids were at the start uh, this year, you know, cheering for the runners out there. And, uh, but anyway, you know, Ken, uh, this guy, uh, if you're familiar with the ultra running world, you know, Ken Kluber and, uh, you know, for years, he's been saying these things like you're better than you think you are. You can do more than you think you can, you know, grit, guts, determination, all, all this kind of stuff. And, 
even as a little kid, man, that Greg, it just, it resonated with a part of me. And I was like, man, I love this stuff. And so anyway, I was also just a normal kid playing soccer, basketball, baseball, all that kind of stuff. Um, late in high school, I kind of realized that, that uh, I, I really liked running and I was also a much better runner than, than a ball sports athlete. And so um, pursued running uh, for a couple of years at CU Boulder on the cross country and track teams. And then um, joined the club triathlon team there for a year of my junior year. And, and then um, sort of starting my senior year of college shifted my focus to uh, the sport of adventure racing, which um, for listeners who aren't familiar, um, you know, you can, you can look it up, look, at, look up Eco Challenge or other things. Adventure racing is this really, uh, you know, somewhat of a niche sport probably, but it's very challenging. It's super dynamic. You're doing all these different disciplines, running, paddling, biking, fixed ropes, navigating with map and compass the whole way. You know, it's not a marked course. Uh, you know, the, the longer races, you're going nonstop you know, five to 10 days racing through the night, figuring out where to sleep and how to take care of yourself and what to eat and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and, and typically with a four person co-ed team, which I, I really, I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of team sports. So I love that, uh, that team component. So, uh, anyway, I kind of, you know, coming out of college, um, was able to get some, you know, some good, sponsorship deals and stuff over the years and really focused on adventure racing for, you know, almost the next 10 years or so there. And in addition to, uh, you know, my life evolving as a, as a high school teacher and, uh, getting married, you know, uh, starting to have kids, uh, in there again, 12 years ago. And, um, and then that the adventure racing led, you know, also mixed in with snowshoe racing, ski mountaineering really got into ultra running for a while there a lot of uh endurance mountain biking you know leadville 100 24-hour races stage mountain bike races uh etc cetera, etc cetera. and uh i had a couple years i haven't done any this summer but the two previous summers i really got into this pack burrow racing um i don't know if you've heard of that now pack burrow racing that really is a niche sport there's like 100 people in the world who could do this thing because basically you got to show up at a at a little high altitude town here in Colorado, you know, Leadville, Fairplay, Buena Vista, places like that. And it's a, it's a high altitude trail running race and everyone has a donkey, um, you know, on, on a leash more or less, or it, it's really a, a lead rope, right? So the, the donkey wears a halter, you got the lead rope and you're running together again as a team, uh, up, up and down mountains and minor roads and all that kind of stuff. And, um, it's a pretty, it's a, it's a, if if you like intensity and redneck ruckus and and it's actually highly intellectual because there's a lot of variables there's a lot to figure out um, so that's kind of that's been one of my latest interests. I love it, redneck ruckus, wonderful. <laughs> Travis, you mentioned uh, a few minutes ago working with a team and you mm -hmm. said it was a four person team co-ed. Be really interested to hear some stories or some team dynamic of. You know, it's 4 a.m., you're at mile 118 and you're just pissed off at each other. How do you get through that? There's got, I mean, how do you, how do you get through it? Have you had those moments, one? And then two, yeah. when you do have those moments, how do you get through it? Oh, man. Yeah. Lots of, um, yeah. Something like adventuration, again, especially with sleep deprivation mixed in, you know, you, man, you, you get uh, three, four, or five days of very limited sleep and you know you're just you're you're not thinking straight um and and i think some of it is just 
patience and perspective and being able to realize even in the heat of the moment when you feel absolutely terrible and and again sleep deprivation that um you know it's probably not a healthy thing it's not something i do much anymore but but even in that moment to realize like oh everything that someone says they may not actually mean that um you know and 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 if everyone on the team can you know hopefully you've chosen teammates who are have uh elements of their personality that are low-key and relaxed so that they can have some of that perspective or, or to maybe a conflict occurs but it can be quickly resolved you know with an apology or with some responsibility um usually that that'll move move things forward you know you'll see if people watch things like the eco challenge or you know especially some of the older eco challenges which you can still find on youtube you know they often profiled teams where the interpersonal dynamic you know went to shit for one reason or another and and often it was you know because of that people are just losing it or they're or they're not patient they're not flexible or they and maybe there's a component of ego you know oh i'm the leader and i'm in charge and i get to make decisions or you know who who knows what it is um or just the right the the wrong combination of personalities you know that's actually something you know, you're thinking about it. Okay, you got four people here who are going to do this really hard stuff out there. Not only do we want to try to get the right combinations of expertise and um, in the range of disciplines that we're going to compete in to make sure, you know, if you want to win the race, you know, at least one person's got to be truly world class in in each of the sports. Uh, you know, even just from a safety standpoint. So not only do we have that, but hopefully we've got the right combination of personalities um as well i'm curious in that team environment are you training together or do you train individually and then come together every once in a while yeah. to talk strategy because i'm assuming you all don't live in the same neighborhood yeah um good question it, it just it depends you, you'll have some teams out there where you know maybe they are local and they they can train together a lot um you know, maybe you'll have a team where everyone lives in the same country and leading up to a big event, they might be able to get together for, you know, a few training weekends or something where we go, let's do some, you know, kind of mini missions. We set up our own course or whatever. Uh, you know, maybe there's training races. So you might say, oh, the the big race is, you know, whatever the world championships or the eco challenge or something. But here's a few 24 hour races we can do together to prepare. Um, and I would also say, at least in my experience, racing at that highest level, again, this is a pretty small, unique, uh, sport and especially at the, at the top level, you know, it just happens leading up to a race. Someone gets hurt or, you know, whatever they, they have a job change or, you know, they have a kid, like so, something happens and here you are two weeks before the, you know, you're racing, whatever Australia, and you're like, oh shit, like, who are we going to get to like <laughs> to be on our team? And you know, you often in those cases, it would be like you you find someone who you've competed against, you've met at races, maybe they have a good skill set. You know, classically, the American teams at the last second would always call like uh, an Aussie or a Kiwi because they're really good paddlers, you know, and they're just tough as nails and they're fun. They're, you know, they're nice, jovial people stereotypically to hang out with. So, you know, you get some some fun Aussie to come hop in on your team and maybe you've never literally like you've talked on the phone three times and now let's go out and do it in eight day race together. <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. Um, 
Flipping the coin quickly, uh, we've talked a lot about training and endurance. Let's yep. also talk about recovery. Do you have mm -hmm. any tips or tricks or best practices that you like to do with respect to recovery? Um, you know, first of all, I just honor it. Um, that's hopefully with, with wisdom and over time, just, yeah, we need to recover. And, and that, and, and that also, you know, as, as we age or, or as we, we have different, um, things going on in life, I would advise to any athlete, look at, don't only look at your training load, whether you're looking in training peaks or Strava or your spreadsheet, or just thinking back on what you did over the last week or month. Like, don't only look at that, look at your life as a whole because you know what are the hours you're working the travel for work the driving you know driving kids to soccer practice or driving to the tournament six hours away or 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 and stress psychological stress you, you know stress from whatever all of these things that happen in our life that add to psychological stress i would say take stock of those because those, those things are real and often especially for for those of us who are you know balancing or or weaving endurance training and racing amidst a dynamic life with all this other stuff going on you know i often find those things like they add they add to the the stress load can often be more from those kind of things so first of all look at those um you know second of all like i'm i'm not really into you know hacks or tricks or tools like i would say sleep sleep is huge like that's probably the best thing um drink a lot of water eat a lot of good healthy food uh fuel sufficiently during your training and racing because when when you're you know endurance athletes will have seen a lot of these current trends in in endurance fueling is you know very high carbohydrate intake and probably more sodium than we were taking in before and and more water by fueling um enough or at times, you know, overfueling, especially in a long session or a race or whatever, making sure we have maybe a little more than we need. Um, we're going to break down a lot less. Like your, your recovery is so much better if you don't become depleted and dehydrated along the way. So, so do that, eat good food when you're done. Uh, you know, and again, even more than, um, you know, again, the latest trick or tool or whatever just de decreasing stress overall you know trying to set up your life so as much as possible you have a you know a, a sense of ease a sense of routine um all that um it, you know and is that easy or straightforward <laughs> like hell no <laughs> um, yeah i find that i have to i'm pretty stressed myself sometimes <laughs> right you almost have to schedule it just as you do your long yeah. ride your long run yeah. it's hey yeah. this is the night that i'm gonna hit the pillow at 6 30 yeah. p.m and yeah and you stick to it yeah. 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 And, and I, I mean, I definitely, you know, since my dad was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, I've done a whole lot less of like really early morning training missions, you know, like there, they, even in my first book, there's a chapter, the 4.30 AM rule, you know, cause I used to get up at 4.30 AM all the time. And yeah, you know, and now I've, I've had to step back and think like, that may not be the best practice for my long-term cognitive wellness. Like what, how can I shift things around? So I still do train because it's really important to me but but also sleep more so um you know that's that's been a priority of mine for sure and and i would also say you know again 
you know, I just said, don't, don't do the, the hacks and stuff, but I, you know, every single day I spend at least 45 minutes doing yoga and, you know, strength and range of motion and, you know, that kind of stuff. But I also, at least for me personally, I, I try to just incorporate it into the, the like family routine. It's not like something where I like change clothes and go to the gym and, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like, while I'm reading to my kids in bed, like I'm doing my crunches or I'm doing my, you know, stretches with, with my little band thing that I do because they keep my back from falling apart and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Those multitasking opportunities become really, really valuable. Yeah. Um, so one last question, Travis, what are you yeah. training for now? What's the next big race? Is there a big race on the horizon? Um, you know, not at the moment. I, I, um, and, and again, that's a, I don't know, maybe it's just the, the change or, or being flexible with identity over time. I mean, you know, I went for 20 years where, dude, finish one race, man, the next mm. one, it's coming in a month or six weeks, like year round nonstop, no, no, no break ever. Um, and I'm now at a point where I can actually feel okay. Like I don't always have to have that. And it actually feels kind of good. You know, I did a level 100 mountain bike race a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, now we're into kids soccer and I'm uh, coaching the high school mountain bike team here in Salida. So I get to ride with those kids a day or two a week. And, you know, honestly, my next sort of, um, physical or outdoor goal is, uh, in, in November, um, I have an elk hunting tag and that's something I've really enjoyed, uh, pursuing, um, you know, each year as well. And it's a, it, it, it is a physical event in, in many ways and training and preparation are required. Um, but you know, there's a lot of, lot of uncertainty. You got to be flexible. You got to be creative and you don't know what the outcome is going to be. Right. Yeah. You got to take what the day gives you, right. It's very yeah. similar to race day. If something's going to yeah. go wrong and you just got to yep. be prepared for it and have the, yep. the right mindset. Travis, how, yeah. how can people get in touch with you or follow you? Like what's your favorite social media platform? Um, it, well, I don't know favorites. I don't really like social media, but but the one that I use most consistently is Instagram. Um, that's that's at Travis Macy, and uh, it, typically each week when our podcast comes, our podcast is called the Travis Macy Show. That comes out every Monday, and so um, usually on Instagram there'll be a post about that, and that's also uh, you know any any wherever they're listening to this podcast, they can find the Travis Macy Show. Um, and then also just my website, I have a contact form on there. That's, uh, travismacy.com. Um, and on that website, uh, is, is my coaching information, speaking information, uh, and also the, the information about the books, the ultra mindset and a mile at a time, um, which are available in, in stores and on Amazon. They're, they're both in, uh, print and audio, uh, and ebook format as well. Fantastic. And we'll include those links into our show notes. And yeah, we do ask the audience members, if you got some value out of today's show, please like our show, like Travis's podcast, buy his books, uh, follow him on Instagram. You know, the way this community grows is by all of us talking about these stories. Travis, I've truly enjoyed the beginning of our conversation around the challenges with identity. And as I mentioned, I'm struggling with that at the moment, but yep. you've given me some some food there to, to yeah. get through it. Yeah. And, and then sometimes just Greg, to... just walking through it, you know, I mean, get out, you know, going out there and just towing the line in the midst of us uncertainty, even if you don't know quite what it means or should mean or whatever, like, you know, going through it. Sometimes that leads to, you know, a bit of the, the renewed understanding. Always. And I suspect it's going to feel like the first one, the first 
long distance race we I did and yeah. all those yeah. mysteries will come out. And so yeah, um, I'll certainly be sharing that. And then I, you know, how was we just closed off talking about the importance of recovery? Um, that I think had some real good fodder for our audience because it is very easy just to stare at training peaks and to be like, oh, I got to do 16 hours today and let me, or 16 hours this week. Let me just blow yeah. through it. And if you don't take care of the rest of your life, it doesn't really work out as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I might, you know, I had one more concept, Greg. Again, this is, yeah. I, I didn't make this up, but something I've heard people discuss is the idea of, of, um, you know, as, we might as endurance athletes here periodized training where you have a, you know, a period where you're kind of focusing on, on something. Um, maybe that can apply to other areas of life as, as well. So, um, you know, I, I think back to, uh, earlier this spring when our, when our book came out, it, it helped me to think of that as this is a period where the thing that I'm really focusing on is this book release. And that means uh, you know, allocating time and resources into a, a lot of travel. You know, every, I was gone every week. I had a trip for like 10 weeks or something, which I, I never do. And I don't really like to do, you know, and I don't like leaving my my family at home. But when I saw it as a period, it's like, this is one snapshot. And I also knew that um, it's not going to last forever. And book launches are fun. It's nice to experience the energy and excitement and you know, yada, yada, but, but also like it, it's, it's fleeting, you know, it's not always going to, going to be like that. So I, I think that can be a good professional application of like, okay, right now, you know, I really am buckling down to focus on, you know, whatever listeners can answer, whatever that means to you. Um, but it doesn't have to be forever. You know, you're not going full gas with every single thing at all the time. Uh, you know, you're choosing what can I go full gas on, you know, specific times with, with different parts of your life. And that may balance maybe as an athlete, you know, I, many of the people I coach, it's like, Oh, here's one period of the year. We're like, I don't want to look at training peaks and I don't want to hear from coach Travis. Right. Cause I'm doing other stuff. And I'm like, hell yeah, go do your other stuff, you know? And then when you want to come back, come back and we'll be rolling again. That's a, a great point. And one of the parts of that, that I struggle with as well is when the pedal isn't as far down. Yeah, and you feel like you're going slow, or your life needs yep. to be "quote unquote" busier. It's taking the time at that moment just to recognize that, hey, you know what? This is the reflection time, or this is yep. the recoup or recovery time. Yep. Um, but being meaningful and intentional about it versus just letting it happen to you is a stronger journey through it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome show, Travis. It was great to meet you. Um, yeah, you too, Greg. Thanks for thanks for talking. Thanks for the thoughtful questions. Thank you for tuning in to the Chief Endurance Officer Podcast. To hear more inspiring stories and strategies around the endurance mindset, be sure to subscribe below or visit us at chiefenduranceofficer.com. Until next time, keep pushing those limits.